You're listening to the Elephant in the Room Property Podcast, where the big things that never get talked about actually get talked about. I'm Veronica Morgan, real estate agent, buyer's agent, co-host of Foxtel's Location, Location, Location Australia, and author of a new book, Auction Ready, How to Buy Property Even Though You're Scared Shitless. And I'm Chris Bates, financial planner and mortgage broker, and together we're going to uncover who's really making the decisions when you buy a property. Don't forget that you can access the transcript for this episode on the website, as well as download our free full or forecaster report. Which experts can you trust to get it right? Theelephantintheroom.com.au Please stick around for this week's Elephant Rider Bootcamp and we have a cracking Dumbo the Week coming up. Before we get started, everything we talk about on this podcast is general in nature and should never be considered to be personal financial advice. If you're looking to get advice, please seek the help of a licensed financial advisor or buyer's agent. They will tailor and document their advice to your personal circumstances. Now let's get cracking. How many of you have listened to our very first podcast episode? If you haven't, I urge you to go back there after listening to this one. Why? Because it contains the foundation of everything we talk about in this podcast, the behavioural biases that influence our decision making, most of it completely unconsciously. In episode one, we interview behavioural finance expert Simon Russell following his analysis of an auction conducted by Melbourne agent Tim Heaviside. And then we interviewed Tim in episode 36 and discovered how he conscientiously refines his skills and works with mentors such as today's guest. It's no accident that Simon was able to observe so many instances of how effectively Tim influenced the audience at that auction. So in this episode, we have the pleasure of quizzing Tim's coach, Phil DeFagley. Phil is an auctioneer in his own right, having originally started in the furniture and car game before moving to real estate a couple of decades ago. It's not only Timmy coaches, but many other successful auctioneers, and he works with well-known agency groups such as McGrath, Buxton, Jealous Craig, to name just a few. He's even coached the odd buyer's agent. Now, welcome, Phil. We look forward to hearing more from you and gaining more insights into the influence of the auctioneer. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you, Chris. G'day, Phil. Good to see you. Lovely to be here. Um... Cars, horses, you know, lots of different things and auctions, are they all the same? Do you use the same techniques or do you have to vary what you do? Uh, auction by name but totally different by nature, mm. yeah. So car auction uh, is so much faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're selling a lot every 45 to uh, 70 seconds, I suppose. Seconds. That's how oh. quickly mm. it can move. So mm. it's a lot quicker mm-hmm. and the momentum is there and you need to have total rhythm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, so I, I started that uh, selling that type in, in, in the mid-80s and mm-hmm. then in 1998 I, I decided to uh, to move to real estate and it mm-hmm. was really like, it was like learning to write with your left hand. Right. To- totally different. Mm-hmm. So you had to go back and retrain mm. and retrain, which we did. And and my first couple were a bit ordinary, must admit, because <laughs> we wanted to. Uh, I wanted to get it get on with the job. Get but when I when I first started, <laughs> we had to do five minutes of introduction. Then we had to do five minutes of description, and oh, I was lost. Mm-hmm. So you know now now if I'm not into the bidding by three and a, in three and a half minutes, I'm taking too long. Yeah. So thankfully, we've changed a lot of that, and a lot of the, the a lot of the things that we uh, we used to do or we thought we had to do, we got rid of. So it's changing. It is. But yes, it, it's essentially there's you, there's um, there's a number of people who go from chattels to 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 uh, real estate, and they and the, and in Sydney, there's a lot of those that will that will do plant machinery during the week, and then they'll go and do uh, mm. do real estate on the weekend. 
Going back the other way is you find, and you often see at charity auctions, you'll see a real estate auctioneer, yep. they'll get up there and it's pretty slow yes. and it's <laughs> laborious. <laughs> yeah, so it's a different type of auction. I mean, I guess if you limit the start, is that leaving a bit more meat for the real action and for you to take a bit longer there? I mean, is that the goal to really, for most auctions, to drag it out as long as possible? Well, it depends. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you need to, depending on the situation, you need to, uh, we need to wrap this up. Mm. We need to take it offline or take it inside yes. and then continue the negotiation in there. Sometimes it just drags on and on. And that's that's all about that's all about feel, that's all about uh, assessing yeah. the audience and doing that. And, and that's what the work we've done with Tim and 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 the others that we've done through you know, the, and and they're all they're all really good at, you know, the Marshall Whites, Jealous Craig, yes, Hocking Stewart, they're um, Nelson Alexander. They're all working along that side. They're really analysing the audience of, mm. of where it's going, and, and you, we, we put them through training programs, and then they they learn the basics, learn what to do. We give them a template which they follow, and they get out there in the marketplace. And then the more that they they're honing their skills, and it's mm. really watching that audience. It's so it's 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 it just, really important. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because you know I've been in many many auctions as a buyer. I've never actually been an auctioneer, um, and you're right. I mean. But then you've got all these individuals and collectively they create an audience and obviously that audience and the mood in that audience and reading that and how the auctioneer plays with that. I've been to auctions with really bad auctioneers who've not mm. read a thing mm. and I've got and those who just seem amazing like magicians. So what are some of the things that you teach your, the auctioneers in your coaching you know, to look for, I mean, what's the basics? What's 101? What's the first mm. thing that they learn? You know, from they come and they go, right, well, I've done my five-minute intro, my preamble, then I do the auction, then I wrap it up. You know, what's the first thing that they need to start learning yeah, about learn, the audience? Well, the first thing is learn to be uh, being comfortable about being uncomfortable. That's the mm. first thing. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's mm. the first thing that we teach them. It's, it, you, it, look, it's going to be uncomfortable. So you get over that. So then learn <laughs> and then start. So basically we give them that we give them the template of what to do so that we can eliminate yeah. a lot of the of the issues that might happen so we can so they know right they're into that and then then it's about it's really about asking the right questions and knowing what's happening in the campaign so we, we you don't just rock up and be unprepared yeah. if mm. you if you rock up there and just with no knowledge you you're going to be left you're going to be left like a you know, proverbial on a rock. a rock. That's exactly right. <laughs> Especially when you're starting to describe the area or describe the house and it's not really detailed enough or it's not really giving it's something wrong about the area, like this is the best part of, you know, so-and-so, yeah. but everyone's going, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Or, you know, shut up, many, many years ago what I did is, yes, I described that uh, it was a great restaurant and it had been shut for two years, you know, so those <laughs> are sorts of things that you, you've got to be cognizant about. But yeah. the, you find that most of your audience know the area better than mm. you do. Yes, that's what I mean. And you watch, and what is everyone doing? What what are the what is the audience doing when the auctioneer is up there and 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 pontificating about the area? What are they all doing? They're really they're looking at their phones, or they are really not interested. No, as much as they think they spend all this time and they spend all the, they pour over this and they feel that it's all about them. Yeah. them it's not. It's Pouring. not about them. It Pouring. is. Yeah. So it's really about where we're moving towards is more storytelling, is telling about why, what, what, what's it about. The, the, the description really should only go for about 90 seconds. Mm. But 
others like to think that, oh, no, 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 we, I've, I've got a lot to give you. Yeah. And the fallacy about, oh, look, I do it for the vendor. Well, the vendor's inside. The vendor doesn't really care. They, yes. they want you to say nice things about the home. Of course they do. That's They yeah. do. But they really, what they're more interested in is the result. Of course, and not only that, but so the auctioneer stands up and says a few things. That's not going to suddenly make somebody bid. No. <laughs> oh, I hadn't realised that. No. Okay. And, and, and they go through, and now I'm not going to go through the property room by room, and then they promptly go through the property room by room. Oh. And they're all standing there with a brochure like this. They're standing here with a brochure and everything is on they're the brochure. They're all reading it. So mm. it's just, so tell us something new. So tell from us the something buyer's new. point of view, that's a really good sign that the auction is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe. And, it, mm. and look, it's about what I'm spending in the thir- first first minute, what I'm trying to do is make eye contact with everyone in the yeah. audience and, and, and I do that when I'm presenting as mm. well. I try, as, as you saw, I really try to make get eye contact with as many people mm. as I can in that first couple mm. of minutes so you can engage. Mm. Yeah. And, and so then you can see what's happening in the audience and the audience are telling, you're telling you the stuff. And how, much is, uh, how much is the real estate agent prepping the auctioneer prior to the auction? Like, do they know the full works on that buy? You know, it's a couple, they're just about to have a baby. Um, they've been looking. I can see that. Yeah. Well, you know, not always. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, Sometimes. there's, you know, they're from the outer area, you know, their budgets, you know, some just like, missed out on last week. On yeah, one. these yeah. sort of things. Some are fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Some are really, really good right. and know, know that implicitly. And others will say, oh, look, they, they keep their cards pretty close to their chest. And then, then that's when I start to worry. Yeah, you haven't asked enough questions. Mm. So <laughs> you, they'll they might say, "Oh no, Chris is he's our number one buyer. He's really yes. good. You, he, they, they're the one we're going to watch him." And I'm looking at you, and you're too comfortable. And I'm thinking, "No, there's something wrong. Why aren't you? What are you doing?" And mm. then I go afterwards. I go in and find that you didn't bid. And I will look and I say, "Well, I what's it? Are you not interested? Or have you got Veronica to bid for you?" Mm. So I look at that, and sometimes mm. that's the case. So you've got to watch that. So it's a yes. sort of there's a there's a couple of levels of comfortability that yeah. you're looking for. But I mm. I don't want comfortability. I want to see people that are edgy, mm. and yeah. most people are. Look, that's what the, you can't hide it. Mm. Well, they got the whole entourage there. You know, mom, dad, grandparents, and <laughs> that's a friends. big. And a lot of the time, that's a big problem too. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Don't bring your family, right? No, leave yes. leave them at home. You know, yeah. kids. Kids, if you're trying to buy a property, it's not the place for two-year-olds. Distraction. Mm. You know, here I've seen fathers and, and mothers that are trying to bid oh, and there's a squirming yeah. two-year-old saying, I want an ice cream, you know, mm. hang on. It's you know, important. This is, <laughs> yes. And yeah. so, but that's it. That we see it happening all the time. They mm. come along and just, oh, let's rock along and see what we can do. Or we'll bring everyone else. Mm. And lots of opinions. Well, it does give you a lot of um, a lot of clues, though, to the auctioneer and the agent how committed they are. To yes, it does. The property, mm. it does. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the time, they miss out. Yeah, it's a lot too of much distraction. So a lot of um, buyers though change their personality, right? You know, if they're not quite timid, they try to become across. And you know, it's not doesn't really not very authentic, right? But out of all the auctions you've seen in property, which I'm sure you've seen in the many thousand. Mm. Is there a certain type of personality that you think gets the best result in terms of, you know, affecting their competition, in terms of winning over the agent? You know, is there some type of, you know, how you should rock up at an auction? Like should you be the aggressive one? Should you be the more timid one, the more friendly one? Should you or should you, does that not even matter? Okay. If it's, if I'm, if 101 of coaching bidders Mm. is, I always tell them to be bold. 
I always tell them to be bold. But they've got to be authentic as who. Mm. So you, you and, and I, as of what I sent you um, yesterday, was is, is basically a, it's a guide to say, okay, these are a few things that you need to do. You've got to make sure that you're dressed properly. Mm. Don't rock up in, in your tracksuit. <laughs> Just make as though you look as though that you're coming. Now, people will say, oh, that doesn't get, because when you go out to the plant and machinery auction, you'll find probably the worst dressed people mm. are the ones with all the money. Mm. They are. But that's another thing. But if you're trying to buy, if you're a first home buyer and you want to try and buy a home, make sure you're dressed for the part. It's, it's, it gets, get yourself in a position where you can see everyone. Yeah. Make sure you're in the dress part, just in case domain are there, I guess, and you might be in the papers. Well, it's just is that a it, mindset thing. Is it just really getting thing? your head in the right? It's a mindset of, thing. Mm. You feel good. Mm. You feel good, and people looking. Oh, I look smart. You know, it's just mm. what other people are thinking. Mm. He's come. Oh, he he must he must be doing well. She must be doing well. She whatever it is. It's just <laughs> a bit of a mind. Stand in a position where you can be seen by everywhere, and make sure your body language is. Is right. Make sure it's, you're in a strong pose. That's what you need to do, and make sure that you, with with your vocals, that you, you that you that you that you're firm with what you do. Now, there are some exceptions to that, but gee, it really depends on what the situation is. Mm. So they're it's, they're yeah. and they're, and they're and they're sort of so. It's not you can't really take a scone cutter approach. But if you're going for the first time and you've never done it before, that's what I recommend that you do. Mm. Would it guarantee that you buy? Not one hundred percent, but it'll put you in the best position. So the positioning thing, which is you know, good little segue there. Um, should you be where you can see all the bidders and you got the auctioneer off to your side, or should you be kind of at the back where you can see all the competition, but they can't really see you? No, no, you've got to. You, they got to see you. So you want the competition to see you. Mm. So you kind of want to be close to the auctioneer, but yeah, maybe wanna, turn on. Yeah, an but angle. not under their nose either, because that's sort of. Yeah, I've seen it, and Veronica, you would have seen it where they go, and the, you're the auctioneer, Chris, and I'm standing in your space. Sorry, you, mm. and that that really people go, look. Uh, look at that person. Wanker. Yeah, yeah, a bit of that. Yeah. So you, you yeah, really, you just, mm. and, and that just sort of, and people, yeah, I just want to, I want to beat him or her. Mm. So there's a bit of that that goes on. So no, <laughs> I always say see and be seen. So you want to be able to see everyone, and so everyone can see you. Yeah. So I think that that's a that's a better, a better, uh, a better position to be rather than trying to be underneath in and do you think a bit of familiarity with the the agent and the auctioneer and don't the auctioneer by look, their first name? I don't think like that. that. Does, don't think it does any harm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> don't think it does any harm. But again, <laughs> again, used used appropriately. If it's yeah. overdone, and then the authenticity can then, then go. You know, <laughs> no, so you don't it, want to be, it's yeah. delicate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. can. So, so it, it's really it's. Uh, and what I tell what I what I tell to potential bidders is go and talk to the auctioneer. Go and talk mm. to them. Yes. Go and get to know them. Go and watch them. Go and watch them at another auction. Mm, Don't absolutely. go and go and watch them if they've got one. If you're buying at eleven o'clock, go and watch their ten o'clock auction. Go and see how they do it. Introduce yourself. Don't sort of you're not giving anything away. You're actually getting closer to the person and the person then you know oh now I know you like you trust you that sort of thing. Mm. Well they're they oh okay. How do you know the auctioneer then? Is it on the sign of contract? You well, you can it? ask. You, you can ask. ask you, you can you can There's ask. No oh, way. who who will conduct the auction? And 
the agency should know if it's not mm. the person standing at the door, they should know who's going to conduct the auction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the auctioneer mightn't talk to you. They mightn't. Mm. So it mightn't work, but a lot of, most of them will. Yeah. Most of them will. Yes. Well, they've probably seen you before as well. You know? Yeah, they've seen you about. And, <laughs> it's yeah. a bit of a flip side thing, though. I mean, you're absolutely right. They're getting comfortable with bidding at auction. And quite, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed at the amount of people that bid and buy at their first ever auction that they attended. Mm. And it's like, wow, this is a big event. And the odds are stacked against you being the winner. And I say the winner in the sense that, you know, they might have overpaid, who knows, or that maybe, maybe they shouldn't have bought it or whatever. Often they miss out because they don't know how to play or they haven't worked out how to price, whatever. But to go to your first ever auction and bid ever uh, is quite astounding, really. Mm. But then, you know, you talk about coaching bidders to be the first bidder, mm. and that's really in your best interest, isn't it? Well, it can be, but I would, I, yeah, but I would say it's in their best interest too, because you you look at it and you you go through the statistics and you find that so often either the first or second bidder buys the property. So often it does, and you can't influence an auction if you don't bid. No, one hundred percent. You can't. Mm. You can't. And so, if if you so often we see it that that competent, confident bidder starts the bidding. And uh, uh, they will buy it. And look, what we've been through, we're starting to see both in Melbourne and Sydney now, we're st- starting to see more competition. Yes. But go back three months ago, mm. there was no competition. Yeah. So if you bid, uh, there was a good chance that you'd buy Absolutely. because you'd be the only one. So then then it got down to negotiation. So you were, and a lot of people fear that, but don't fear that. Mm. You're in control, Wiz, because yeah, it's, 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 you've got. This is a good one, actually, because. And it does annoy me. Obviously, I'm a buyer's agent, but I was a sales agent as well, so I understand fully how both sides of the equation work. And it does annoy me when buyers say, well, I'm not going to bid against myself. Mm. I'm like, yeah, except it's actually if you're the only one there, it's a negotiation, it's not Mm. bidding. You know, it might be an auction, but at the end of the day, we're actually working. Yeah, Yeah, you're getting to a price. It's not just because you make your low bid and because nobody else bids it. That means that the vendor should sell for that. And there's this funny expectation that 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 – in an auction scenario, that's okay. But if you're negotiating outside of an auction scenario, you would continue to negotiate. You would. You would it's continue bizarre, to, isn't it? It is bizarre. Well, we looked at the, the, the figures last quarter of last year. The, the auction clearance rate in Melbourne and Sydney was around 45 to 48% yeah. on auction day. Yeah. Mm. But when we looked at about seven days post, it was that, that had moved up to 60%. Yeah. Take 14 days, you're up 75 to, in some cases, 80%. Yeah. yeah. Now, in any market, that's a good market. Mm. That is yeah. a good market. It just wasn't happening on the day. So what was happening? Well, okay, there may have been adjustment in price, so ACAT was getting to a level. Mm. But then they, there wasn't the only – they weren't just dealing with one buyer a lot mm. of cases. They were dealing with a couple of buyers. Yeah. So there was this double negotiation going on. Mm. Whereas if you'd gone in on Saturday, on auction day, and been, yeah. been, been the highest bidder mm. – uh, you, you would have had you would have had a really good opportunity. So yeah. I, I I think that the but the, it's a it's a bit about social proof too. Massively yeah, about social huge about social yeah. proof. Yeah. So oh, what's wrong with it? What have I missed? Yeah. yeah. What oh why, why is am I the bidding? only one interested? Why mm. am I the only one bidding? And why not? You know what what's going on here? Why, well, it's just your lucky day. The others haven't turned up. Mm. But I mean, it's a bit of a if you've done your diligence. You've got enough market knowledge. You know what it's worth because you've you know done enough comparables. You really happy with the price, 
Could you really be that worried about the competition? That's why no, you, you shouldn't. Sh- you should just start off, That's right? That's the elephant. You sh- no, you shouldn't, Chris. No, <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't. If you've if you've done your work, done your due diligence, done all your research, mm. no, you you should go there to the auction thinking, I don't want anyone to bid. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want anyone to bid. And and look, I hear auctioneers going, "Who's the brave one? Who's going first? Stop talking about being brave." Stop talking about it. <laughs> don't talk to me about gimmicks. You don't need gimmicks. Oh, yes, and I see that. I hate it. Yeah. Oh, mind you, you know, what <laughs> makes me laugh with that is like they hold, hold up a bottle of Verve. Yeah, sure, I'll be it. I'll, yeah, thanks, I'll take that. But <laughs> they hold a bottle of Grandon, you know, that $15 crap. <laughs> 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 Sometimes they hold up the mankiest bottle of wine. I'm like, uh. I definitely will not bid because I do not want that bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, well, that was it, it, the, the bottles of wine got, we've seen that that's gone through with the huge, now now it's normally Verve and, and Maui or whatever that's <laughs> there. But and, uh, I remember I went to one one fellow, went to his open for inspection he had, just at the auction and he had everything laid out and he had a bottle and he had his face on it. <laughs> and I said, uh, oh, right, so you give them a bottle of wine with your face on it. Oh, that's great, yeah. What's it like? He said, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. You know, we got it through, the boss got it and it was in. And, oh, uh, how mortifying. And <laughs> anyway, I said, so that's great. They're spending a million bucks and you're giving them a bottle of wine that's no bloody good and it's got your face on it. I said, I think I would change that. It's and slightly take, wrong. And he, and he did. Anyway, <laughs> so, did. so yeah, he was very quick for that. But, yeah, no, I'm not big on the, yeah. the gimmicks of the to starting the bid. There the should be enough incentive and this is the, the, this is something I've been talking about for the last ten years. Is about coaching bidders to get the opening the bid, and agents just don't do it. Mm. I go mm. and I I went to four auctions on the weekend, and it was a seventy eight percent clearance rate mm. here, and I saw four pass ins, mm. and I there was two there was two auctions that were bidding, and the, the bidding was slow, and I I just I, I question how what the agents had done with, mm. the, with their knowledge with the buyers. So, mm. And I think that is a, that is a big part and I, that um, really working with, with buyers and everyone wants to keep their cards yeah. close to their chest. But, mm. you know, the, okay, I hear that, but I think there's more to be gained by actually drilling and asking agents the right questions. Yeah. Buyers. Asking, yeah, yeah, buyers yeah, asking yeah. the right question. Yeah. What's that? So what's that? Who's interested? What have I got? What's the competition? Where are we at? Well, here's as long the as you interest- know that if you know your price range, you're fine. You're not giving anything away. No, that's exactly right. The price range is so important to understand. Um, and in fact, like I'll just chuck in there. I've got I've got a free course on this, which is homebuyeracademy.com.au forward slash free course and how to work out the price, you know, how to actually research and understand where that property sits in the market and help you set your maximum bid. Because if you go in with that and that full understanding, like you say, it doesn't really matter all the other stuff. It's mm. peripheral. The thing is, though, when buyers ask agents questions, they don't always get straight answers. So I know when I was selling, my straight answer when anybody said to me how many contracts are out was four. Didn't matter whether I had one or 20. I always said four. The reason for four was because, well, A, it's a stupid question. It doesn't really matter. Um, At the end of the day, you know, if you want to buy the property, you have to go and get yourself organised. But secondly, because four says, well, you're not the only idiot interested, but there's not so many people interested. I want to scare you off. That's pretty much it. It's a standard mm. answer for. And I would then giggle usually afterwards and say, and guess what? I will give you this that same answer. It doesn't matter, you know, where, what property you ask me that question for, I will tell you the same answer every single time. It doesn't matter. But there are questions that do matter, right? But then agents won't necessarily always answer them, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. how? I mean, I guess how do you coach your agents in that regard? Well, it, it, it's the thing is 
if I'm I'm going to do an auction for you, Veronica, what what I would ask you, I'd I'd ask you, okay, what's your quote range? Mm-hmm. Where's your vendor's thoughts on price? And how many bidders have you got in that quote range? And, and how many agents do you reckon can answer those three questions? You know, the good ones can. Mm. The good ones mm. really yep. know. They know, and they'll and they yep. will they will give you by name bang, bang, bang. of who they're, and mm. that's they're fantastic. Yep. really good. Know exactly, and they'll they'll actually give me the probably that where they think their levels are. Mm. But that's how good they are. But yep. then if I don't get those answers, I know that well, I'm probably looking for I'm mm. preparing for a pass in. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I'm doing. So then so my whole out what I'm doing is I want to control the outcome. I want, so I, what do I want people to walk away feeling? Mm. Even when I don't have a bid, yeah, I want them to go away feeling positive mm. because I know that this will sell. And the this agent's got house. to deal with it afterwards. Yeah, they're going to deal yeah. with it. Oh, good. I you get just, to leave. <laughs> you know, you know that, that I, I know that what I've got to do. I know what I've got to say. I've mm. got to talk about. I've got to talk about the the features and attributes. I've got to talk about the benefits. I've got to talk the value and talk about how it's and justify mm. value. Mm. I've got to talk about the benefits to the buyer. Why you should buy this, and 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 talk about and then talk about the benefits of bidding because yeah why you should bid mm. and hold back. And then I, then I talk about that it will be sold, and it will so be sold very soon, and it will. All wrapped up in your intro. No, no, no. It's all, that's, no, right. that's all. No, that's in the bidding. That's mm. all through. I thread that right. through the bidding. Mm. So when you get to the pointy point, at the pointy point, right at the end, right, yeah. and you know, you know, it's going to go. There's the last couple of bids. Okay, you know, you just, feel, just give me the scenario. We, so let's say you know, we, is it going to be knocked down? Are going to be sold. Yeah, it's going to be sold. So we're, on the, we're, we're on the market. We're sold. Side on going the market. The you know, you're fa- fighting it out with just one other person. Everyone else has kind of given up, and it's just you and this one other person. You both. You feel like you've only got you know a couple of grand left each. Yes. Oh, so I'm, I'm a bidder now, am I? Yeah, we're both bidding. All oh, right. And <laughs> we just want to, you know, you know that it's not going to go. You know, you're going to walk away with, you know, two grand more than what I was probably happy to spend. But mm-hmm. we're just kind of fighting it out at the end. It's like a bit of an arm wrestle and it's yes. right at that end. What can the buyers do just to potentially win that fight and get the other person to kind of just back off and just go, I'm going to let this go without kind of just, you know, continuing just to continue to go? Like there must be sort of <laughs> strategies the buyer can potentially do that just maybe makes that other person think that they're going to not win this. Okay. <laughs> right. So what what can you do? Well, you've got to you've got to know where your where your in figure is. Yeah. You've got to you, you have to know where that is. The, the, the as as I say, there's the three prices you need to have: a price you'd love to pay, a price you're happy to pay, and a price that'll really hurt. Now it'll hurt today, it'll hurt tomorrow, it'll hurt next week, but it won't hurt in three years' time. Mm. So, but you've that, that you've really worked out what that price is. Mm. So you've then got to look at your opposition and who who you are. Now that's that's a bit of a it's a bit of a vexed question because mm. if I've got a really aggressive bidder, well then I want to slow it down. Yeah. Mm. If I've got a if I've got someone who's running out of gas, well then I want to jump on <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Yeah. We used to say you mm. can't kill snakes anymore. But in how do you do that? You, you do that in terms no, of no, they're not allowed to do that. But we were to say you always hit your bang. <laughs> you used to hit them three times. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, one to stun and one to kill them. The other one to just make sure they were dead. Yeah, that was the old. That was. But you're not allowed to do that anymore. No, because we 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 love snakes. We, we love animals here. But yes, um, yes. in terms of uh, doing that, though, let's say I want to. Let's say you're the aggressive bidder, and I want mm. to slow it down. Mm. How do I do that without making it feel like I don't want the property? 
you, you, well, you've got to, you've, you really just got to slow it down. I'm probably, probably trying to piss you really off. Really. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do because you, you, you're, you're, you're the, the, the alpha, you're, the, you're yeah. the aggressive and this is what you, you, what you get you what do? you want, slow it, absolutely slow it down. And how would you Actually, do that? Yeah, tactically, how just, would you do that? Just take my time, use my phone, do do that. That's what I would As do. As in take your time to make that bid. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would. So like, really kind of, and then what, pretend that you're th- thinking about it or just? Well, the thing is, the thing is with what what I would do is, is you'd be, you'd be, don't be predictable. That's the thing because mm. predictability is what I want. And most people yes. don't know how to do mm. that. And it's predictable of what you're going to do. So what's the so, unpredictable things you would do? Yeah, just, just mix it around. Mix it around. Don't mm-hmm. you? You'd bid hard. Then you'd bid. Then you'd bid slowly. Then you'd bid. So just be. I'd mix it up. Mm-hmm. Odd that's numbers. Odd numbers. That's that's what. It, mm-hmm. no, and not or stupid. Bid. Not stupid. Not stupid. Sometimes, sometimes say, you can do that. Here's yes. one. I love. I love doing this one. You so it's like you think. Oh well, I'm prepared to make a twenty grand bid. Yeah, but you know I'm going to do it at thirteen, then a seven. So I go before anyone has even bid back on top of me. You so mm-hmm. I go. I'll give you thirteen. Oh, hang on a minute. No, I'll make it twenty. And it actually sounds like I've just got money to throw away as well. Like, ah, it's casual. Relax, you know. So, But most people can't do that because no, it's their own money. I can do that own. because I know what my client's it, limit is and it's not my money. And it, it's very difficult to do it for yourself. Mm. It really is. It's a bit like me, it would be me auctioning my property. Mm. Yeah. Which Would you? you? No. No, no I get <laughs> someone else to do it. And so let's say I'm the opposite, right, because I think it's interesting so you get they're your major two personalities, aren't they? The aggressive one and the more timid one, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, so let's say I'm the opposite. I am a bit more timid and you well, think, probably you're, 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 in, you're timid and you're probably unsure. Yeah. And you're unsure on what. So you've just got I've got to, I've just got to accentuate it that you're unsure and I know what I'm doing and, yeah, 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 yeah uh, they're just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, they're just going to keep going. They've got plenty of money. They've mm. got a lot more money. Uh, we're nearly at our point. You would yeah. say that? No, no, they wouldn't. But you—that's th- what they're feeling, and that's yeah. what they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're internalizing, saying we're nearly. Oh, look, maybe another oh. thousand. Will another thousand get it? But, oh, but they're going to go. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep going. And and how and, do you as an auctioneer deal with that? Because buyers do say that, actually, audibly say that. Um, how do you, as an auctioneer, tackle yeah. or recommend that an auctioneer tackles that? That it what? Well, you someone, know what they're thinking. You know, they're know thinking. They're thinking. Oh, they're I, I, give them, I, I give them time, and I give them encouragement. Mm. And always encouragement that it's okay to change your mind. It's always mm. and it's okay. It's good. And knowing when and look, knowing when they're having when they need that time, and knowing mm. and being able to fill that space that it's that it's okay. And and you can pick that that when they need that time just to think, mm. to reassess. So then I move to another point so, of the so audience. Da- and then Damien um, Cooley talked about that in episode two. We interviewed Damien and, and yeah. he was saying that at that point he often slows down his talking and he talks directly to them so he keeps talking at them so they can't think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is what, what, what I would do, yeah, that, that's, I tend to talk to another part of the audience but right. I'm actually talking to them. Mm. So, so they're listening, they're, oh, they're overhearing, they're eavesdropping on another conversation. Yeah, so I'm working on a right. third party. Mm. So things that would be really... Um, relevant to you, Chris. Mm. I'm I'm actually I'm, I'm actually <laughs> delivering that to Veronica. Oh, that's I know, clever. Where I know that you can where I know that you mm. can hear it. Mm. Well, you so will I'm, be hearing it because you you're thinking I want to hear what's being said to that buyer. Yeah, you know, so, so there's it's human um, nature kicks in. Very. Um, uh, so that's that's the. Uh, so it's working with you, and you just need that time. Mm. And I know that you'll beat again. I know that you'll beat again. Mm-hmm. You just need that time. 
And so, and, I, was, and I don't want to be too aggressive. If I'm too aggressive with you, I could push you away. Mm. So I think, I mean, it's it's interesting. So let's say you we don't, and you don't get it right, and it's it's not on the market, and it's going to get passed in. Um, but you're the top bidder, mm. and it's going to go behind the closed doors. You're going to yeah. go out the back and negotiate. You know that they want to sell it, right? But you, you know, you want to buy it. But you kind of feel like you've won here because it's passed in and they didn't get what they wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At that point in time, yeah, it, probably the buyer feels a little bit more confident, right? And the seller's a bit deflated because it's passed in. Mm. What's the best kind of way to play that? Should you try to make a deal there and then while you're at the house? Should you say, let's do this on the phone after? Do you think there's actually a best way to play that majority of the time? Most of the time, yes. Do it. Try and do it there at the and there at the house. Why? Because when you decide, when you decide to sell your property, the first thing you want to do is sell. The second thing it is for the highest amount mm. price. So then the converse with when when you decide to buy, you want to buy. Mm. And what do you want to do? You want to buy for the lowest price. Mm. So that comes to that situation. You are if you can do it there and then, it's they see it. They said the bird in the hand, and it's gotcha. and it's done. Mm. It's it's it, most of the time it is, but there are other occasions where, look, your best your best to your best to walk. But the problem is when you do walk, someone else can come in, mm. and that's that. You just have to be really, really sure and really know what's going on for you to walk. It's mm. a dangerous thing to do. Can you this do is, the walk though? You can potentially yeah. say, "Look, I'm going to walk." Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah you look, you can. You, but when I say when you actually do, because yeah. I've seen plenty that have walked, only to come back and say, "We'll pay it," and we said, "We've sold it to someone else." Mm. And this ah. is the this is the issue with knowing what it's worth and what your walkaway price is, and and that painful price really should never be paid unless it is under competition. Under competition, yeah. But if you've got that, I ask them to do the painful price mm. because they know that if they if they were under competition, they would have gone. They yes. would have gone to there. And I know when I've done the negotiation, I've sat there and we, we, they were the bidder and we said, we're not going to go anymore. And I said, that's fine. That's fine. And But, look, I know that you would have come here with a with a price you would have paid under competition. And I'm tipping that we're well below that. Mm. Mm. And they looked at me and said, well, how did you know that? And I said, well, I've been doing this a little while. Because <laughs> I've got a brain. Yeah. Well, no, but, but, but that's the thing in the, because mm. The, mm. it's a foreign thing for a lot of people yeah. to be in a negotiation. So, so come on, let's see what we can do. To, to we, we, need to have, we need to have a little bit of movement. We mm. need, with some flexibility here, we'll be, able to, we'll, we'll be able to put a sold sign on the board and you'll be able to sign a contract and you will be able to, you know, get your Saturdays back is what all auction is. Yes, so what do. is the agent saying, though? <laughs> On the other I'm not side, mad on those cliches, no, as you can see. Yeah. On the other side, though, like yeah, I can see that the agent's trying to work the buyer to get up as high as possible. Yeah. but behind the scenes, on the other side of the door, the agent wants to get the deal done as well, right? You know, they don't want to go sure. back and mm. put it back on the market and do another open and Mm-mm. looks like it passed in and it got stale. Yeah. What's the agent saying to the vendor to kind of get them to? Make a deal at this well, point. Look, every agent should be trying to maximise the result. That's 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 why you that's why you're paid. That's mm. what you're there for. Your job is to maximise the result. As as an auctioneer, that's my job mm. is to maximise the result on the day. And I make no bones about that. That's what that's what I'm there for. Mm. But occasionally, sometimes we know that expectations of vendors can sometimes be elevated. Mm. As I say, with a reserve price, there's three things we know about a reserve price. 
One, it's usually too high. Two, it's always a round number. And three, it'll always change. <laughs> so I don't get too fixated on a, mm. on, a, on a price, especially a round price. So what we're here to do is to try and get the best possible price. Mm. So we work with our, with our highest bidder. We work with them. And most of the time I like to – I always say that I like to work with the highest bidder because they've done the right thing. They've, they've, they've put themselves in there. And a lot of the time they're usually your best buyer. Yeah. Yeah. So if we let them go, mm. then what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You would can be, yeah. Mm. So we can say, so the the situation is, but that's that then goes back to being what's been said during the campaign and where's mm. that? Yeah, and that's that, I want to lead that to a point because on your website, for instance, you say that auction is a strategy, not an event. Mm, and and that, I know what you mean by that, but how about you explain? You know, so as what as I uh, yes yeah. and the and and the campaign formula which is which I've distributed to a number of agents mm. about and 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 really what it's about knowing so what is what is your house worth what mm. is my house worth well we've done our comparables yep okay but they're not exactly the same mm. we're not selling coffee cups or we're not selling bottles of water which are exactly they're all the same and so they all they all have mm. a value but yep. there is and there's. There's differences in it, oh. and we know that that what was what was selling in May is different to what's selling in June or what's mm. selling in September, and what's going to happen in October. Well, we know October's going to come. There's probably going to be a bit more stock in it, oh. so mm. you know, yeah, w- that there's a bit more competition. So what's it worth? What's it worth now if we have to sell? So we have to find out what it's worth. So it's running through that running through that campaign. It, it and so you have to make sure that you've had. People view it. You've had to, and the beautiful thing about the internet now is we we, we get all these people that view just by sitting in their lounge room. Yeah. Mm. Now they're not wanting to they're not wanting to buy a cake. They're wanting to buy a house. Mm. <laughs> there are some people that just seri- serially look at look yes. at property, yeah. but mm. most people, most of the people that go in there, and that's why that that that, that the data that you get from um, REI and Domain, I think, is so valuable. So yeah. valuable. Especially in that first week of the campaign, if you're not using that as an agent, well, yeah, as what I caught about is is benchmarking because Mm -hmm. we will know that for this type of house in this area, we should have X amount of views. We should have X amount of people coming through our open for inspection Mm -hmm. and we should have second inspections by X amount. Does Does that data show if you're a serial viewer? So like that IP address is looked at it 15 times? I don't know if it goes into the. I don't think it does. I think they... I'm sure they do. They probably could. They could probably drill into that, but whether because that would obviously be really interesting, mm. right? You know, you've got uh, three thousand views. We don't know whether you know two thousand of those are just people loving look at the property. Could be. It could or be. Or it could be a thousand of them. You know, or three hundred have looked at it six times. Then you know, it's obviously much. Yeah, but if I if I'm if I'm selling um, a house in Wrights Terrace, Paran, it's a little single fronted. Timber cottage where there are you've got a lot of data on that because mm. you know that so you will know how many how many views you will get and it's a it's a really good guide yeah, yeah. it's a really good guide as to know what happened and then that can generate into uh, inspections through the door there mm. is a correlation for the people yeah. that view it then how many people will then come and look and mm. so then if you're reviewing that data and you think well we're low on numbers why is that if I got yeah. the price guide wrong is it is there something wrong in the description if I've actually you know it's yeah, usually maybe. the dollars. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I'm just staying away from it. Yeah, the, the it, it's usually you, you can you can well you can you can fix the maybe the inspection times were wrong. Maybe will you fix that? You might need to open mm. it. You might yeah. need to have a, a twilight one. You might need to change the look. It, it needs a photograph from the front, or it needs this. The, the photo was in there. The styling yeah. might be wrong. Mm. What if it needs that? Oh. There's some things that you can change, but then what you really got to look at is look at the price. Yeah, look that's at that how price. People are searching. And and that is and and it, mm. and, it, 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 and are the agents really really pressing for that opinion mm. of value from everyone who walks through the door? Yeah. So what do you think it's worth? What do you think it's worth? Sorry, I'm not interested. I'm just a neighbour. Well, yeah. well, come with me. You're a neighbour. What do you think it's worth? Yeah. Oh well, I think it's worth it. Oh yes, it's it worth be, a lot more. It's <laughs> worth a lot more. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, right. Okay, so that's a neighbour. That's so they get yeah. into say, well, your neighbours all think it's that, that, but they don't want to buy it. Yeah. So the elephant in the room is 100% for you. The reason that Chris and I do this podcast is because we passionately believe that property buyers can do it better. We really want to help all of you understand all the risks, but also the ways in which you can avoid your elephant making the decisions. But what we would love for you to do is just to share this episode and share other episodes with people around you that are going through the property process. Give us a review on iTunes. A five-star, please, would be very appreciated because this is about making sure that we all benefit from the wonderful information that our guests have been sharing with us. You obviously love the auction, saying you love that people should take their property to auction, but do you believe everyone should use an auction to sell their house or like what percentage of people should sell their house under auction? Well, I think that if I always, people say it's not an auction property. I think probably every every property is an auction property. It's just well, the situation. Little boxes on the hillside will exactly be the same. Could be, maybe, but then, okay, you need to do something different. You need to, you actually mm. need to create something that's different. If you've got, yeah, in Docklands, so yeah, there's a hundred and whatever mm. they are, they're all the same and all got this and this. Well, you've got to do something different because if, what do you got to choose? Yep. So maybe some sort of campaign might be different, might get people happening. It's just depending on the situation. And, mm. I, and I remember going and doing a, um, uh, a training session in Ballarat and they, they said, oh, auction doesn't work up here. It doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't happen. I said, oh, well, what, here's a situation. What about if you had a, a post-war home, uh, ceased estate, um, what would you do with it? Oh, I would auction it. Right. Okay. Next door comes up. It's, it's exactly the same house, same condition. Same price range, uh, but the person just wants to move on. What would you do with it? Oh, private sale. I said, so what do you mean? So it's, it's whether you have an auction or not, it's depending whether your vendor was alive or dead. Is that, is that the difference? And it was just a mindset. <laughs> if it wasn't a mortgagee or it wasn't a ceased estate, wouldn't auction wouldn't work. Yeah. And that's bizarre. Same house, same thing. It, 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 so when it, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, wouldn't you use an auction? Of course you would. You would use yeah. an auction there. It would work. But it's, when wouldn't you? Um, when wouldn't you use an auction is, um, it's a good question. If you, um, if you've got, if you've got uh, a property in a provincial area where you've got a very small buyer base, that might be a difficult thing to, to have. What about like a premium property? That's on a highway. Yeah. Well, that could be, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, there's a buyer for that. Yeah, but there might only be one. There might, and it might take. But it might six but months to find them. It might be, but it might be you. It it might be you. It might be your auction that, it, it, or it might be your. It, it might be you. You've got to create an event. So you've you might got to, luck it. 
you might, well, it'll get people through it, 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 and that's what you need. You mm. need feedback. And look, there's plenty of there's plenty of agents that we deal with that have that they have a full book of listings, and especially these happens in and you go to you go to Western Australia, you go into Queensland, you go into sort of out of New South Wales, and, mm. and be, they've got a full book. Listings are not the problem. Oh yeah, we've got everything listed. Oh, Everything's no. double listed. Yeah. it's open listed. Yeah. And they're on the market and, for and, years. And they're on the market for, mm. you know. Mm. Um, Waiting for the right buyer. 870 days, mm. you know. So well, oh. what What oh. the good is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll sell if I get my price. Well, okay, well, you're not going to really sell at that price or you'll have to wait for four years. So, I mean, I've been looking. We're looking to buy at the moment and um, it's interesting. So, you know, there's quite a few properties that have been on there for six months, five months. They're nice properties, but there's something flawed about them. Mm. Um, but they're just sitting on the market. So the, the vendor doesn't want to take it off. Mm. The real estate agent is probably pulling their hair out because they're like, well, this is just, you know, we're doing it open every week. And, yes, mm. there's new buyers, but every time we get new buyers, they keep walking out the door. Yeah, why? Well, it's time to floor with it. Let's say it's the light or price. the price. Price probably, yeah. Always price. Well, it's it... price related to features. Yeah. 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 And so what should these sellers do and what should you, let's say you do <laughs> rock up. And you do want to buy these pro- – and you think, you know what, I want to buy this property, but I've looked on RP data and I've seen mm. this on the market for 180 days. Mm. Um, I actually think it's still a good property. There's nothing mm. flawed about it. I've seen the building in Pest or whatever, mm. but I want to buy it. Have you made an offer? I haven't made an offer because you think it's been on the market for six months. So what? That's what everyone else is doing. That's what everyone else is doing. That's why I sell the offer? market for six months. No one wants to make an offer. That's mm. what everyone does. Mm. No one wants to make an offer. Make an offer. Should you start it low? Well, I wouldn't start. I wouldn't start at their price because there's obviously a reason. Where I think there's probably you. Mm. You, you go and do your three prices, mm. and you work out what it is, and then then go and say, "Look, there you are. Mm. Make it unconditional. Make it take every every reason not to accept it away. Yep. Mm. Now we've just got to work on one thing. Because mm. the problem price. is in that situation is that the agent is not actually managing the vendor's expectations. You know, they've lost control, and they're just. We call them defender agents, where they're trying to defend whatever they put on the property in the first place. Where they're trying to defend the the, the vendors' unrealistic expectations, and they're all defending each other, and nothing's ever happening. And so, therefore, the buyer has to take control of that situation to actually get something happening. But most buyers don't, like you mm. say, they don't make offers. Mm. So, but it's a really interesting psychological thing because nobody wants to then insult the vendor by mm. offering what it's worth. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because these properties, like, I think they're three, dollars $400,000 over mm. what, you know, similar properties are selling is it, for. Has is it, is it, is the agent asked you what they think, what you think it's worth? Well, I'm not actually interested in the properties, but they, they do. They, they um, you know, because you go to the open, you give them your mobile number and then mm. they call you. And literally one called me last night and there's no way. It's I just, it's, it's priced at, say, $2 million, right? Yep. It's probably worth one five to one six. Like mm-hmm. it's that much above wow. because it's a south-facing block it's a big block. The house isn't special, but the one across, you know, in a better side of the street on a north facing backyard, nicer house, sold at one five five. Um, and so it's so far like beyond that you just think, why are you even bother trying to sell this? You know what mm. I mean? Like it's it's you just <laughs> who's gonna buy it? Because it's just so overpriced. Well, it it needs to be it it that feedback needs to be given to them. Or they mm. might uh, because yeah, the 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 
Buyers don't make offers. They don't. Mm. No. People think, oh, but no one's made an offer. No, well, they won't because the price is too high. The asking price yeah. is what triggers a buyer to make mm. the offer. And it then, does. then, amazingly enough, if it gets in the realms of reality, sometimes you have two people fighting over it and get mm. more than their asking it price, is. and it does happen. It hasn't. We've seen pl- mm. seen that happen where there's been a there's been an asking price, and then all of a sudden, that's all that's all for that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I would have bought that. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I all the buyers that I would have paid. Oh, if I'd known that they would have taken that, I would have paid mm. that. So, <laughs> and I talk about the the philosophy of adjustment. There's you you need to keep adjusting the price. You do because, mm. as I say to, how often do you sell a property at the exact reserve price? And the answer is very rarely, mm. very rarely. It's either it's either above or below, mm. whatever. Yeah. But it's rarely that price. So with so, with that, because pricing is so critical. And so, when I was a selling agent, you know, we, I certainly understood that every property has its price, and at the right price, every property will sell. Right? In, in in areas, I don't know about regional areas, but um. And that's basically the philosophy. So those properties have been sitting on the market, that's just because of the price, right? The problem is, as a buyer's agent, what I recognise is not every property is worth buying. Not every property is a good property. It doesn't matter what price. They're fundamentally, there are good properties and bad properties. Mm. And and the, to really simplify in my world, it's like, well, when I was a sales agent, when I went to an appraisal and I thought, man, this is a cracker, this is going to go off like a frog in a sock, one mm. of our sayings used to be, mm. um, then... That is the sort of property that you really want to be buying because that's the sort of property that has lots of people interested in it and will get competition, et cetera, et cetera. Its growth is going to be greater than one that's a dog to sell, right? Mm. So that's fundamentally what I've built a whole business around, understanding those characteristics of those crackers, you know. Mm. But how much luck? So there's there's the asset itself, the sort of property that you know will get competition. An idiot agent could sell it and do well. You know, you have to be really bad to stuff up some of those campaigns. Mm. Um and then you've got most property, which isn't like that. You know, majority of properties takes a lot of effort to get it right, to get yeah. those buyers there, to get the pricing right, to get the marketing right, to get the vendor in the right headspace. And this is about what you talk about, a strategy rather mm. than an event. Mm. All of the things that are involved in doing that, whether it passes in or not, and then continues afterwards, the price they set it at, you know, the conversations with that with buyers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's all part of a very, very big, complicated um, exercise. But there's still situations where there's luck involved. There's luck for the vendor. There's luck for the buyer. So can you give us some examples of how luck can play out in auctions? Oh, well, well, someone just turns up out of the blue. And mm. that, that often yeah, happens. It and does, it, it, yes, it? We're, We had a situation where we were signing the contract and they said, can you hurry up because um, we've uh, left a cake in the oven. We didn't. Expect to be buying. So they went out for a walk and they ended up buying a property. So how good was that? So the, you get that sort of thing where that comes out of total left, mm. yeah, that, that yeah. Left field. On the, on the flip side, you get that where where you, you haven't read the campaign. You thought it was all going well. You thought that you had buyers and they were and actually the buyers weren't buyers. Well, they were buyers, but they weren't bidders. Mm. As I say, give me bidders, don't give me buyers. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 when you go and question them after, oh look, now I've just worried about that it's south of the back. And it's mm. this, you know, yeah, we sort of like it. We you know there's mm. it is. So what you thought you had, or you the 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 thing was that you your star buyer that you had on Friday, they bought on Thursday night. Mm. So that's you know, lucky bought, for the un, for the other buyer. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. it can be. That's mm. the sort of thing that you've got two people that be that, that yeah. yes, I'm absolutely yeah. keen, 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 and then they see something else that they go and buy. Yeah. Mm. And that happens. So that's unfortunate for your vendor because it was looking like it was a really, you know, you looked yeah. as though you had a, you had four where yeah, we had four then one bought 
then one didn't mm. turn up and the other person, mm. instead of having four, you've got one. So mm. then you're in the negotiation. That's hard to manage, isn't it? Because, and that is, yeah. and look, that that is hard to manage and, and managing those managing those buyers uh, along, which is, and it does. And the vendor does. as well, because the vendor's so expectations would have been You've got to keep everything bubbling mm. along. It's not easy. Mm. It's not easy. It sounds easy, but it's not easy. Yeah. So back to the, um, in an auction, when, you know, the property's not on the market, mm. you know, I feel like a lot of people are a bit hesitant to bid. Yeah. You know, they don't really want to. Until we know it's on the market, I'm not going to give and put my best foot forward. Mm. And I wonder why. How would you? How do you play? Because I think that a lot of people are just be the highest bidder. And... Absolutely, be the highest bidder. Be the highest bidder. Should you be asking, is it on the market? Because <laughs> that's one question you see <laughs> everyone the, ask. The most annoying question for every auctioneer, isn't it? Oh, no, I find that a really simple question. It's either yes or no. Mm. So it's a really easy question. How do you answer it though? Because most won't. A yes or no. So do you say Ye- yes or no? Yes, it is, or no, it's not. Right. Keep don't, bidding. You, yeah, don't yeah. go. It's been on the market for four weeks. No, no. <laughs> is it on the market? Answer. No, it's not. It's not yeah. on the market at the moment. Yeah, no. You have to keep bidding. But who normally doesn't ask that question? <laughs> who normally doesn't? I guess ask at every auction. Would you say? Yeah. No, Somebody who normally who, who normally at an auction who normally doesn't ask the question? Is it on the market? Oh, a buyer's agent d- tends not no. to. We'd hope not to anyway. The person holding the bid normally doesn't ask that question. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, here you go. Okay, yeah. So okay, so the person is so, so thinking of bidding. So Chris is holding the bid and you ask me the question, Veronica, is it on the market? I'll say, no, it's not. But let me tell you, he's in the best position Ooh, to nice. buy the property. Mm. Would you like to do something about it? <laughs> no better bid, I sell it to him. Would you like to buy it? Yep. So I actually take it off. It's not an e- it's not a difficult question. No, I like that. Yeah, Should yeah. you ask it though if you're bidding? Good question. And I've and I've coached some um, buyers agents to say no, don't always ask it because you want it passed into you mm. because you know that some people out there won't bid until it's on the market. So mm. why bring in more competition? Yeah. So the answer is so the answer is it's not always a straightforward answer. I, really, I, why do people ask it? Because they want to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they. I, I, I think sometimes they ask it because they think they should. Yeah. I don't know why they do. It's a bit of a nothing question. It is a nothing question because I tell you what. It doesn't is, give you any any extra edge. If a buyer's agent asks it, this is what gets me because it's like, well, I can tell. I know why. I know whether it's on the market or not because I can see whether the agent's gone in and talked to the vendor. Mm. I can see by the the auctioneer and the cadence and then the way you speak. That gives it away. There's a Shouldn't, lot of it does. It does. There's a of lot of signs. Uh, if they've done the one, two, three a couple of times, mm. and you know, then if they haven't done the one, two, three and bluffed people a couple of times, then probably it's not on the market yet. You know what I mean? There's all these sort of little signs. Well, that happened at an auction on the weekend. So I was there and it's, um, I'm sitting there waiting and this guy, you know, a young couple and, um, you know, he thought he was going to buy it and hadn't, hadn't even gone to the vendor yet. And mm. so he's going once, going twice. Um, and then this other couple, the older couple, I thought they were going to buy it. They, they kind of said no. And then this guy's like, they're getting all excited <laughs> and then he's I was like, all right, I'm going to go in and speak to the vendor. So there's someone who's never been to an auction before. <laughs> and they went inside to talk to the vendor. And then it was interesting watching the, the aura of the agent. He kind of walked out and said, look, guys, we're going to have to pass this in. We're, we're not what the vendor wants. And just wrapped up the auction. Mm. Like I felt he could have gone again, like to, to drag in some more buyers. But it all kind of ended really fast. Yeah, but you've got to remember, they know how many are registered in New South Wales. So mm. if, they, if there's no one there to drag in, then they're not going to drag it out. Whereas yeah. in Victoria, you don't actually have registration. So there's a little bit less certainty around who actually can bid, mm. you know, so that's my, you might do something differently mm. down here, right? Yeah, you do. But I would I would suggest that they should do something a little differently in New South Wales. Mm. Well, again, that's your auctioneer being too predictable. 
Yeah. And then when it becomes predictable, then it's easier for you to read. Yes, mm. exactly so I would, right. I yeah. would counsel them in saying that that's not that's probably mm. not the best strategy. Mm. Um, you, you you need to uh, yes yes you know how many are registered sales, but the audience doesn't know exactly how. Many. Mm. Well, that's yes, yeah. case in point, yeah. So there's lots of these little things. See, this is about predictability, and mm. I think sometimes our auctioneers are too. Predictable. And they're too easy to read, and then and then that what well, that's what happens. Mm. And, and then, actually, and this is so why. many buyers don't watch registrations. This actually astounds me. Uh, in in all these years since registration, two thousand three, it came in. In fact, September two thousand three. So what's that? Sixteen years has been going. Um, I've only seen people, other people, watch the registration once in that whole time, other than a couple of odd, the odd buyers agent. Even buyers agents don't do it. The only time I've seen somebody, it was a woman that looked at me and said. I read an article that you wrote that you should watch the registrations. <laughs> she bought it, not us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, look, registrations, um, they fought, how's it been? Victoria fought it. They mm. didn't want it. Look, it's a, it's a nonsense. We were we were registering bidders in, in the 80s, car auctions, so it's a nonsense. It can be easily done. Mm. It's not a big thing. Them, you watch them register because they opened the, the, the gates, if you like, half mm. an hour earlier mm. and they can't give out the bidder's card Previously, so even if they pre-register, so a lot of agents like to pre-register so mm, they know they've a got thing. a lineup. But basically, even if you mm. pre-register, you still have to rock up and get your card. So the, therefore, every single person who's registered will go to the desk or the agent or whatever and pick up a card or register or both. Mm. Right? Wouldn't you just ask them how many registrations? Because they don't all tell you. Oh, right. Well, they, they don't have to tell you, and they won't. So, so what do you do then? I watch and count and I watch the body language and I watch how many that I come in with an entourage and I mm. watch, you know, how comfortable some people are, how many buyers agents are there, all that stuff. So then so you just I, stand near the person getting registered. Yeah. Chat yeah. to them, yeah. you know, just there and watch. I mean, it's no big deal. But the simple fact is then I'm clocking everyone. So then I go and position myself and I know exactly who I'm watching. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a fantastic tool for a, for a bidder to, mm. to go and do that. Um, I, it's, it's a gift but, in my and, view. <laughs> see, that's, that is the thing that if I've got, if I've only got one potential bidder there, I don't mind telling them that they might be the only bidder, mm. but I tell them it's the importance that they need to bid because I can help them if they bid. And if they don't bid, I may not be able to help them. So if you want to buy it, it's your lucky day. You might. Mm. You might be able to. You might be able to. To if you bid, you're the highest bidder. We'll we'll pass it into you and go and see if we can buy it for you. Well, I agree. it and is interesting because buyers, you know, they don't like to compete. So people will say, "I don't like auctions," but at the same time, they don't necessarily want to be the only person either. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, yeah. It's it's there's a there's a there's a contradiction there. Mm. Yeah. So they don't mm. want comp- the last thing they want is competition. But then when they say there's no competition, we're not going to be it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I've and I, and I see that all the time. Mm. I see that all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you know, as a good auctioneer or a good agent, both um, will have that conversation with the buyer. The mm. problem is some buyers don't know how to deal with the information. No. So no. how do you deal with that? Well, I I, I tell them what to do, mm. and if they've a lot of the time, a, a lot of them haven't bid before. Or they've mm. only done it a few times, and if you ask, well, you're a professional and you're doing it all the time. But as I and at uh, at the Reva conference, I, I said, right, most of you have all bid at auction, and they had. But I will go to another conference mm. and I'll say, and especially with auctioneers, I'll say, right, how many of you bid at an auction before? 
and you won't get the full room putting yeah. the hand up. Mm. And I and I'll and I'll and I'll ask that these are the auctioneers. Tell me about it. What was it like? Yeah, it was pretty scary. Mm. I was I was nervous. And you are. There's a bit of anticipation yeah. because oh, yeah. even when you're bidding for someone else, you've got a sense of responsibility mm. because yeah. you're the professional. And when you are bidding with your money, you go, "Hey, that's my money." Yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I've got this. Uh, so you've got this. You've got this. Anticipation. You have. Mm. You've got this mm. churn. So yeah. that it, you, you're edgy. So what what people want is they want, and, and especially I want a bit. If I'm bidding, mm. I want a bit of inside knowledge. Mm. I want to know what's going on. Mm. I would say, Chris, right? Who am I, who's my competition? Yeah. Who, have I got, who am I up against? Which ones? But and should they? And you they might even... say they go like that, mm. and they'll look and say, "Nah, come on, they're mm. not a bit." But, but should I? Should I even buy? Even try? I mean, you know, yes, you can get a bit of training, but you know, if you're buying smartly, you're not trading property, right? You're not buying, selling next year. You're buying a property, living in it 15, 20 years, or you're buying an investment property and you're never selling it. Like that's mm. really what the best investors really do. They oh, buy good. quality and they hold it. Yeah. So really they're only going to do things four, five, six times in their life. You know, really is it, should you even bother even learning about this stuff or should you just go and use a professional? Well, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit like, um, you know, I've got a mortgage broker. Mm. So, and the, the, we that that handles that. So I, I could go to the banks myself, yeah. but it's time. And it's effort and knowing what's going on and what, what what's happening. So I get a professional to, to help mm. me with that. You always get a second opinion on that as well. Yeah, should always get a second <laughs> opinion on that. <laughs> I'll tell you who my mortgage broker is and you might say, oh, right, okay. Um, but I do I do agree with that. The second opinion is always worth it. No, always worth, no, no, it's always worthwhile. Um, but so it's the same with that. If you're looking, it is if you're going to do it yourself. Yeah. Get some skill. Mm. Get get uh, upskill and get and 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 know what you're doing. If if you don't, then go and go and employ someone to do it because you yeah. will save time and you will at least, as long as you give them all the information, mm. as w- is what you do with your mortgage broker. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know you. So why would you hide it from your buyer's agent? Mm. I, I've got no idea. But anyway, that's <laughs> sort of a, um, that's oh no yes oh we're prepared to go to go to one point seven. And then anyway, they, they, you're still bidding at 1.85. Mm. And, oh, yeah, well, the mortgage broker said we could go to 2 million. Well, why didn't we have this conversation mm. a month ago? You know, so, so have you seen no professionals, though? Because every professional is equal. So have you <laughs> no, seen? Exactly. Um, yeah. exactly. You know, there's quite a lot of buyers advocates in Melbourne, mm. uh, yes. agents in New South Wales, but advocates. Mm. Yes. Um, and I've met uh, quite a few. Um And some I would definitely have yep. give, give, you know, my. Um, Absolutely. My future. To someone absolutely, uh, but some there's no way you know because I don't no, think I they've, they've I would, won that many. No, I wouldn't. So have you seen a lot of buyers <laughs> advocates stuff it up? Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't engage them. No. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you make sure you do your due diligence on your on your advice. Too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because there are there are some that are um, uh, some that are, are exceptional and some that are that are missing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how would you? What sort of due diligence would you do in terms of the buyer's agent to to know that <laughs> they're the right buyer's agent? Well, I think that uh, third party reference is always a really good thing, mm. um, and of course, they most of them are pretty good at selling themselves, mm. as all agents are. So yeah, they they will tell you their track record. So you want to see mm. what their track record is, what they what they've done, where they where they've done it, and then get their third party reference and mm. and check those references and see well, okay, how was mm. the experience? Was it good? I think the problem with that is that the third parties may not necessarily know any better. 
Yeah. Uh, um, and they might have had a good outcome because they think, well, I got the property, but they're not thinking critically about that process or, mm. or how they got the property. And, you know, I, I get asked, you know, well, what's your success rate? And I'm like, well, how do you measure success? Mm. Um, are you insinuating or suggesting that I need to say, oh, I'll get 90% of every auction I bid at? Because if that was the truth, I'd be a bit worried because there are times when properties go way over what we believe is value yeah. or there are times when that's actually a really poor property choice for you and you haven't really thought that through, you know what I mean? And so I call that success, you buy the right property at the right price, that's how I measure success. Now, I do have a metric for that, but I haven't even bothered counting whether I do or don't win at auction because then what what is winning? You know, winning what at all is costs winning? is not winning. Mm. No, it's yeah. not. And I think that, that, I think that really... For you gauging your success is is you've got you've got clients that are prepared to come back and and yeah, work, with you, yeah. work with you work with you again. Mm, so that repeat business that's 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 uh, so that repeat reference is a really mm. good. Yeah, I would always go back to Veronica. Yes, she, mm. yes because yeah. the advice we get is right. Yeah, I'd yeah. always go back to Chris because that's what mm. the advice is right. And likewise with the sales agents. Because you've got that situation, and this is one thing that through the market downturn, I really point out, we do a bit of vendor advocacy in our business, and and really it's around the choice of agent is critical, absolutely critical, particularly in a slow market, mm. you know, because the, the you, you mentioned earlier that there are really, really good agents and they're all over it and then there's really poor ones, and, and it does separate it's, it's the litmus test, if you like, and mm. really does help separate the good from the bad. But often people don't, same deal. They get references from friends because they might have had luck at their auction and they might have got a good outcome, but it was nothing to do with good management. And so it's, it, it's always dangerous that, you know, references are fantastic and referrals and recommendations from friends, but you sort of even got to dig deeper into yeah, that yeah. to say, well, mm. what, tell me more about your experience and you can make your mind up as to whether that's yeah, reliable whether reference right, or not. Right, yeah. yeah. And look, and as we see this, we've been seeing it for years. Must be a good auctioneer. He got he got two hundred million thousand dollars above reserve. Mm. Well, wow. Okay, that tells me he's not a very good valuer then. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that mm. might be the. Th and so we're hearing this bragging all the time. And really, yeah. when it's said, as, as I said, as the auctioneer, if, if if we're making a cake, what I'm doing is putting the cherry on top. That's really mm. the foundation of the campaign is all done, and I just make it look pretty. Sometimes yeah. a big cherry. Sometimes it's a big cherry, yeah, yeah. sometimes it is, and, and um, the hundreds and thousands. And <laughs> so um, as an auctioneer, though, um, you know, you might be getting yourself ready for a Saturday or a Sunday sometimes mm. in some areas uh, or a Wednesday night, and then on the Friday or the Thursday you get a call and go, we don't need you on Saturday, we mm. sold it. Yeah. In the last week of the campaign, mm. your experience, um, and it's a good property, in your experience, what's caused that? Has the buyer gone and paid too much? It can be. Uh, look, it can be. It can be a number of things. It might be that there was only one. There was only one. One interested party. Maybe. Mm. It may be that the cause was that uh, that the um, that there was a potential buyer that. Wasn't going to, it was not going to be there. They're going to be out of the country. Mm. And they just said, Look, I'm not going to be here. I haven't got anyone else to buy. I'll buy it tonight. There we are. There's my offer. And the mm. offer is a good offer and it's acceptable, but you need to go back to the rest of you mm. and do the right thing. And then it either goes to a boardroom auction or it's just done by mm. uh, exhaustive. So there's, there's a and, couple and of a, reasons. Sorry, just why. A boardroom auction is actually. A, 
fairly peculiar Melbourne thing. Yeah. Yeah, where you 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 you, you take like a, that you take that um, that offer, and then the interested parties are then mm-hmm. uh, into the boardroom, and that's and, and so the auction put brought forward. Yeah, yeah. And because you actually have a situation here where if you buy, is it three days prior and two days after the auction? Three or something? days prior, three days post. Three days post that it's actually off. within auction conditions. Yeah. So you can. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in New South Wales, you. It's I mean, on the day of the auction. Ends at midnight. Yeah, ends at midnight. Yeah, or and, you get, and Brisbane, it's 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 which is. Sort of when the auctioneer leaves the property, it's a bit, bit loose Dirty. up there in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. I don't quite know why. But they can it. actually waive their cooling off period up in Brisbane just by in writing themselves. Whereas in New South Wales, to waive your cooling off period, you, you have wait. to get a solicitor to sign a certificate, sixty six W. But down here, you can only waive it in that three in yeah, that six day only, period. Only, only yeah. in that six day. Period. Other than that, you always get a cooling off period. Yeah, it's a cooling off period applies. So yep. buying prior to auction in Victoria, before those last three days, is fraught. Mm. Because the um, this is one of the reasons I think more property go to auction, actually get to auction in Victoria than they do in New South Wales, for instance, in terms of sole prior, because no agent is going to want to take that property off the market and give someone a cooling off period during mm. an auction campaign. Mm. You stuff your campaign. Yeah, and, and so, then if it falls over, that's yeah. that's the problem. You have to be really sure about that. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, I saw that on the weekend. So we went up to an open home and um, <laughs> rock up and there's a big sign on the board, you know, uh, properties. Offers been taken, cancelled, open home. Anyway, come back two days later. Property's back on the market. Yeah, back mm. on the market. So um, you know, there's obviously something's fallen over. But I'm like, why would the agent have taken it off the market without an unconditional offer? Mm. And mm. they've just wasted. And it's an auction campaign. So you know, That's they've lost nuts. lost in the Sydney? Saturday. Yeah, in Sydney, God. they've lost their um, you know, one open. And there was quite a few cars there. Uh, one lady was like kicking off. It's happened to me last week. It's, 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 there's it's, an agent you don't want to list with. <laughs> hey, it's not a. It's uh, and look, I, I I saw it when I was going to Sydney a lot, mm. and and, and the, the work that I did with McGrath. You saw that, and, and you saw that there was a, a large, much larger percentage that had sell prior. And I just mm. wonder whether or not what are they missing. And I think now, I think it definitely if it's right to go, it's right. It's mm. the right thing to do. Right mm. thing to do by the vendor and and you buy to do it absolutely. Mm. Do it. Sell it prior. But you don't just hang out for auction day just for the sake of no. you know doing that or getting the auctioneer to so they can perform. No, it's not about that. It's about um, it's about maximising the result. But I just think that sometimes that you do you miss the opportunity when you do sell it prior. You've yeah. got to be really sure. There's an element of fear involved. There's an element of fear from the buyer's perspective trying to avoid the competition. There's an yeah. element of fear with sometimes with the agent, certainly not in a hot market, but in a in a in a awkward market, shall yeah, we say. It is. He has an element of fear. Oh, it's not gonna you know, yeah, it, it, I don't want my day of humiliation out there and, and they can't often get over themselves. And mm-hmm. is that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, That's which it. is what you start doing with. that. There's a yeah. lot more private auctions now that are happening, mm. and which are which are good because they they happen uh, they don't always happen on a Saturday. They often happen mm. during the week. Which is, mm. we're seeing that the new form of open negotiation, which is basically an auction but online. Mm. I think that expressions that, of interest and yeah. Well, I see the expressions of interest, but I, I, no the, deadline. No, I just see well, I, some of them have yeah. Well, some of them they have mm, a deadline, yeah, but a lot of the time that they they, they just pass they, 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 they yeah. pass that or they yeah. do that. The, yeah. the, the, where I, I think. If you're going to do expression of interest, you better to do you better to do the like the open mm. negotiation for, for which is online and it's, yeah. everything is transparent. and You can see what's happened with that. Oh. So so that I don't see that's going to be a direct competition to auction. I see it more as as converting of getting expression of interest and private sales converting them mm. 
and and having those that they can work with that. So, um, and it's based on a that mm. that that that's based on an auction platform anyway. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's really having an auction. Principles the same. Absolutely, mm. principles yeah. are the same. Every week we hear incredible stories of the dumb things property buyers do. Dumb things that end up costing a whole lot of money and or a whole lot of stress. Mistakes that can be avoided. Please, Phil, can you give us an example of a property dumbo? We can all learn what not to do from these stories. Yeah, I've given some thought. I'm really thinking about this is, is often I say it is, well, probably it's not, it's it's the strategy of a buyer not having a strategy, not having a bidding mm. strategy. And I see, I heard a beautiful thing on the radio, um, uh, Ross Stevenson came on and he talked about John Clark, the great late John oh, Clark, yes. who, say, who said in the episode of The Games, he said, yes, we've got plan A and then we've got plan B. Uh, what's plan B? Well, p- uh, plan B is plan A with a whole lot of panic. And <laughs> i that's what I see with, mm. uh, I see with, oh, Bidders coming to an auction and not having a strategy, not having a bidding strategy, not having to do, not thinking about the different scenarios of what can happen, mm. not thinking about when they're going to open the bidding or what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, where they're going to, where where they're going to, and it's really is we'll rock up and see how she goes. Mm-hmm. And I see and so they many often people say that they say we'll go and see what happens. We'll go and see what happens. So what, why are you bothering to do it? And I, and, I, and I saw that twice on the weekend where I really saw bidders were just, they, they could have actually taken so much more control. Mm, yeah. And they actually probably, they, they could have, mm. the, both of them probably, one did sell and the other one I don't think sold afterwards, but they could have actually bought it. Yeah. And they weren't that far away. Yeah. So you can't tell me with that they, it, it wasn't their lack of dollars that was stopping them, something else was stopping the them. Yeah, I reckon that mm. is. So so the the bit of advice if you're out there is to is to have a strategy, have a bidding strategy. Go and work it and do it and ask ask you ask agents what what do you think the best strategy? Oh, they'll say, "Oh, bid and keep going." Yeah. Okay, yeah, they well, do. Then you, 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 you do that. But <laughs> they then you, say bid aggressively. Yeah, they will. <laughs> but then you, then you and then they again, it's a bit like that third party reference. Then you'll get the, if you get that from enough people, mm. That you'll actually be able to form your own ideas, but the thing is, if you you're better off employing someone who knows what they're doing, not getting a relative who may have done it once or twice. Oh yeah, they're well-meaning, absolutely. As we always say, the bloody brother-in-law. Mm. They get in there, they're the they they stop people buying homes. They really do, yeah. mm. and it becomes all about them. And yep. I know what I'm doing, doing mm. all that. And they and they and they they push when they should pull, and they pull when they should push. It's yeah. so true. I think in that particular instance where you get a lot of people with their friends, or some people have to volunteer. Oh yeah, I'll bid for you because they just they mistake the idea that I'm confident. And I'm an extrovert and they think <laughs> they're the only two things yeah. you need to be successful at auction. Yeah. And uh, I often see that in, at play. I think, mm. you know, the shy person, like you're talking about before, the, the, the timid person versus the aggressive, they go and find a mate who's aggressive and mm. they think that's the solution. Yeah, it's not mm. the solution. No. no. It, it, it's about the strategy mm. of having that bidding strategy. So I've seen, I see that happen and I see it as I'm conducting. And I, and I don't conduct as many real estate mm. auctions now as I used to because I'm training all these other people. Yeah. I want them to do it, not me. Yeah. I'm Scaling. Done yeah, <laughs> scaling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's sort of what um, uh, what I want them to do. And, oh. and, and look, 
it's great to see the 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 the, the new auctioneers coming mm. in. You don't yeah. want to see it. No, no, you want to see yeah, bring it on to for the next because they've got <laughs> yeah. all the energy and they've got that. We just need to mm. just need to scope them properly to make sure that they don't get too carried away. Yeah, yeah. everyone's got to learn. Someone get They're some doing. runs on the board, so mm. you know. And we're seeing uh, more women do it now too, which is really yeah. good. Yeah, I noticed on your website actually you've got a list of. of Fairly short list of yeah, female auctioneers. It's, it's too short. Yeah, it's too yeah. short. But mm. we uh, there was um, three or four that came through this year through our novice programs, oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. and they were really good. Mm. They were really, really good. So mm. I'm ever hopeful that they. Oh, I know. No, I know. One is is conducting auctions already uh, out in out in Epping, and she's out there flying. And there's another one in um, Flemington who's uh, be up and going, and she she's really good. And right. two, yeah, um, two in the. Uh, you know, Port Phillip and Armidale area. So mm. we, hopefully we can get – it just adds a different dimension mm-hmm. to the – Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, which is good. Thank well, you very much. That was... Well, thank you for your time. Yeah, that's We're, fun. We've got to read. Oh, I know. Time has flown. Yeah. I'm pretty yes. sure I've been going now. talk about auctions forever a bit more. <laughs> well, it, is, it is my pet subject, so yes. We want to make you a better elephant rider, and this week's elephant rider training is – Well, let's talk a bit about setting your limit – and before you go to auction, now I bang on about this all the time, that to go to auction and, and along with what Phil has said in terms of his Dumbo was people that actually go without a bidding strategy, but going to auction without actually one, establishing what that property is really worth and two, what your actual limit is, is absolutely setting yourself up for failure. You will either pull out before you should and somebody else will buy it or you'll pay too much. So, so you're really at risk of that if you do go to auction without actually really carefully setting that out. So we go through this exercise with our clients all the time and there's four pillars that we say are uh, important to consider when you're actually setting your limit. There's two that are objective and two that are subjective. Now, the two objective, the first one is really the calibre of the asset or the property itself. Now, we have a tool in our business to actually measure that, but you, from your point of view, um, you know, earlier in in this interview I mentioned about as a sales agent, you know which properties really are great properties. They're crackers, they're easy to sell, lots of people are interested in them. And really if you get to know your market and really understand the drivers and the characteristics that are important to buyers in your market, you will know that. You'll know that instinctively what's a good property versus what's not a great property. So a good property, a really cracker, is worth pushing yourself a bit more for because over time it will it will do better over time. So that's the first thing. The second objective measure really is actually how does that property, um, where does the value of that property sit within the market in the current conditions? And, and Phil talked about that as well, you know, the today. So you do need to look at recent sales, but you also need to factor in, well, how is the market different today than what it was when those individual properties sold for? It's really difficult when you're doing that research to actually find one that is exactly the same as the one that you're looking at buying. And so you do have to sort of factor in, well, in which ways are these properties better or worse or equivalent and actually rank them and, um, you know, make sure that you do have a very clear idea where this particular one sits. So when you do have that real clarity around that that value of the property, that can make that decision making around what price you're prepared to pay, prepared to pay uh, easier. So on the subjective side of things, it comes down to also for you, how long have you been looking? How uniquely does this particular property suit your needs in a way that you have not seen um, in the time that you've been looking? 
Um, and even when you've done that, that recent research in terms of recent sales, how many of those would you have bought or could you have bought? So when you get a sense of how unique that property is and how scarce it is relative to what you're after, then you might push yourself a bit harder for that one. But if there's quite a lot of them around and it, if you don't get this, it doesn't matter because you're waiting in a couple of weeks, there'll probably be another one, then you're not going to push yourself that hard. And the last uh, pillar is, once again, a subjective pillar is your limit, your bidding, you know, limit your budget is basically defined by how much you can afford, what you can borrow, how much you've saved, et cetera, et cetera. That's completely unique to you. It's got nothing to do with the market. It's got nothing to do with that individual property, but it's obviously a very important factor in setting your limit. So I'll reiterate, going to auction with that very clear idea of what the property is worth, but also what you're prepared to pay if you have to, is absolutely critical to success. for our next episode and we have a whole episode on mortgage strategy don't go to sleep just yet it is actually quite fascinating chris is in his element because of course he knows a lot about this but our guest is david johnson who is not only a mortgage strategist but a property planner now what is property planning you may ask well it's a very good question and you should join us for our next episode and find out I just want to tell you quickly about a property investment show that Chris and I are both presenting on. This is an online event that runs between the 6th and the 10th of November this year. Now, you can get free tickets on propertyinvestmentshow.com.au. Chris is doing a presentation. I'm doing a presentation. And also some of the guests we've had in the podcast are doing presentations, such as Kevin Turner, Pete Wargent, Jane Slacksmith, Kate Bacos. Now, I do just want to quickly caveat that whilst we're encouraging you to check this out you do need to be discerning by promoting this we're not endorsing every single speaker nor every single message on there now you will know what I'm talking about once you start delving in there just be careful look for the simple messages where experts are really focusing on sharing simple foundational concepts not get rich quick stuff So the elephant in the room is 100% for you. The reason that Chris and I do this podcast is because we passionately believe that property buyers can do it better. We really want to help all of you understand all the risks, but also the ways in which you can avoid your elephant making the decisions. But what we would love for you to do is just to share this episode and share other episodes with people around you that are going through the property process. Give us a review on iTunes. A five star, please, would be very appreciated. Or you can connect with us on theelephantintheroom.com.au. The links are all there for you. Please connect and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Because this is about making sure that we all all benefit from the wonderful information that our guests have been sharing with us. Until next week, don't be a dumbo. Now remember, everything we talked about on this podcast is general in nature and should never be considered to be personal financial advice. If you're looking to get advice, please seek the help of a licensed financial advisor or buyer's agent who will tailor and document their advice to your personal circumstances with a statement of advice.